Welcome to Civil Discourse. This podcast will use government documents to illuminate the workings of the American government and offer context around the effects of government agencies in your everyday life. And now your hosts, Nia Rogers, public affairs librarian, and Dr. John Augenbaugh, political science professor. Hey, Augie. Good morning, Nia. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? Uh, I'm doing fine. Um, uh, the, the day we are recording, uh, listeners, um, I am wrapping up a bout of uh, COVID-19. <laughs> um, yes, and, 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 and yours truly <laughs> delivered groceries to Augie. Yes, with a yes. Man list, what could only be described as a man list, Gatorade, apple pies, and milk. Yes. Just bring me what I'll survive on, Nia. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I don't, that seems weird, but I, I love you, so I'll do it. Um, yes. Um, okay, so we're kind of a little late on this because yeah. it's going to be a couple of weeks after people hear it, but I wanted to mention something to you, or rather, I wanted to ask you something. Something, yes. About succession. Not yes. the television show, which, by the way, is interesting and people should watch it, but <clears throat> if you have access to Netflix. But it, it but about <laughs> who's in charge of something when someone is say, oh, I don't know, in the ICU for prostate cancer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that seems kind of specific. <laughs> Because it is. Well, it, 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 this is one of the more fascinating aspects of, of um, uh, a situation that arose uh, in the news. So this is an in the news episode. Yeah, it's a couple um, of weeks. It, we're now a couple, three weeks on, but. But but nevertheless, but we've been, we've been Augie and I have been talking about it, about but, how this is uh, like if I went to have surgery and didn't tell my boss, Bettina would fire me when I got back. She'd be like, are you insane? You can't just not show up, not be around and not tell anybody like that's not yeah, how jobs it, it, work. That's not how jobs work in the real world. What would what would Jason Arnold do to you if you just didn't show up for class three or four days and didn't tell anybody and didn't have a. I mean, seriously, if that happened, okay, Jason and I would have a conversation where my continued employment at VCU, okay, would be discussed. Right. Okay. <laughs> would and, be and called the, into serious question, question, I would think. Yeah. And, and mind you, listeners, and this is not my usual self-deprecating false modesty <laughs> shtick, but I think it's safe to say that in the big scheme of Virginia government and VCU, Virginia Commonwealth University, you know, what it's supposed to do. Me and I are not the most important employees of VCU. Oh, not even close. Okay. Not even close. I mean, I, I, I agreed that you and I are tiny, tiny, tiny little mm -hmm. cogs in a huge machinery. So, but if, if President if, Rao but, disappeared for a few days and didn't tell anybody, that would be much more noticeable, don't you think? But to our point, and the answer to your question is yes, but you know, <laughs> to the point that we're making, if either of us in our lowly bureaucratic positions need to inform our immediate superiors <laughs> – 
that were sick. Then, then how and is the Secretary of, Secretary of Defense, Defense not telling? Okay, so what the we're president. talking. Yeah, so what we're talking about here, folks. Okay, if you haven't picked up on it yet. Okay, after our, our rather long wind up, is that this is an episode that discusses the Defense uh, Secretary um, uh, uh, Austin's secret hospitalization, right? Secretary so, Austin. Yeah, Secretary Austin. Okay, um, uh, was in intensive care for days, and he did not inform the following. The National Security Council, which the Department of Defense is a rather important part of, he didn't tell the White House, including the president, and he did not tell members of the United States Congress um, who sit on the various National Security Defense Committees, right? Now, so this is normally, if you're having a quiet time in the world— that might not be a big deal as, as big a thing but i don't know if anybody's noticed we're kind of the world's not on fire. in a quiet right yeah i mean the world's on fire here folks world's on right? fire you got I mean, middle it, we... east you've got ukraine russia you've got china taiwan right you you've got the houthi rebels now with their whole i'm going to set fire to the red sea See, right you all this stuff is going on and, and, and this and, is beyond the normal secu national security threats that are posed by, you know, for instance, North Korea and, you know, right, the state of the right. This, <laughs> is a, right. this is aside from the normal stuff, stuff right? Aside from the normal stuff, even the stuff, the normal stuff that goes on in our hemisphere, right, with all the, you know, um, uh, interesting people who are trying to, uh, like the president of Argentina, they're going to set fire to the place or whatever, right? All this thing's going on. This was a particularly not good time to just be not all disappearing and stuff. Okay, so this is what we do know. Um, and this is just a brief summary. On December 22nd, Secretary Austin had surgery for what we now know um, is uh, uh, was for prostate cancer, Okay. Right. Uh, this required an overnight hospital stay. On January 1st of this year, uh, the secretary had to be taken by ambulance and was admitted into intensive care at Walter Reed uh, Hospital in Washington, D.C. Which is an excellent hospital, by the way. Yes, it is. Um, and, and, and it takes care of all of our, you know, uh, major federal government officials. He was experiencing severe pain due to developing a post-operative infection. Okay. As right. of Monday, January 8th, he was no longer in intensive care, but he was still at Walter Reed. Now, what we've been able to piece together is that senior Department of Defense officials did not become aware of Austin's condition until January 2nd, the day after his admittance into intensive care. The National Security Council and the White House were not informed until Thursday, January 4th, and congressional leadership was not told until Friday, January 5th. And this then leads us to, okay, the, the big questions. Why the delay? Why did Austin delay in telling his immediate Department of Defense staff? 
for example, we do know his chief deputy, okay, so Deputy Secretary Kathleen Hicks, had to fill in for Austin at an event in Puerto Rico on January 2nd, but was not told why she was being sent in his steed. Yeah, so he it was just like, oh, he's not feeling Puerto Rico today. So we're going to need you to pop down there and do the speech. Okay. It's crazy. It's crazy to me. And, and the thing about it is, is there was hell and high water to get this guy in the position because he's military. Yeah. They actually, if you don't have a background on this folks, the military has never been a military person has never been in charge of the department of defense because the theoretical view of that was that a civilian should be making those decisions not military because military would be more inclined perhaps to a war footing perhaps more inclined to oh i don't know a coup right like like there's there's all these other reasons why that why that's been a civilian all along yeah there was a federal law that secretary austin had to get a waiver um uh because for the longest time the, the the big concern is you want a civilian who is not a former member of the military to run the military. You want civilian control of that department, right? That in a democracy, you want to make sure that you have civilians providing oversight. Okay. And it's not because Because what you're trying to avoid, you're trying to avoid hunters. Yes. That's one of the things you're trying to avoid, right? Military takeovers, but you're also trying to avoid military myopia yes okay the, the the viewpoint of if i have a gun everything is prey right yes. if if i have a if i have a hammer every single thing, thing i run across is a nail that's right okay so you're trying to avoid that by having a civilian go wait 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 do we really care about that do we really need to be involved in that do we really yes and if we do and they're convinced then they say yay okay go ahead but if they're not convinced i mean that's probably kept us out of some stuff that we might have gotten involved in otherwise and then the, this gets to the next relevant point or the next relevant question okay we have civilian control which means that the secretary of defense okay um has people over top of them and more specifically okay you have the national security council which is supposed to integrate not only the department of defense but the department of state the central intelligence agency i was going to say the various okay. agencies, agencies the very alphabet agencies, agencies. Okay. nsa fbi right like whoever is okay involved so the, in, right the national security council Okay, which is trying to go ahead and make sure that the world does not explode, needs to know. <laughs> okay, that we when have a, a team member is down. Down, yeah, we have a fully functioning civilian head of the Department of Defense. Yeah, and we're not slamming Lloyd Austin personally in no. the sense of if, unfortunately, statistics show that if men live long enough, this is an issue they will have to deal with, right? That, that yes. That this is a medical concern for men everywhere. Yes. Just as it, and if it had been a female head of, of the Department of Defense, women, female also have 
if they live long enough, they have menopause, they have all kinds of things, right? So we're not slamming people's medical issues, nor are we saying that 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 disqualifies somebody from service. Like, oh, well, he should have quit the minute he had he knew he had prostate issues. Of course not. What he should have done was put somebody else in charge briefly. Yes. The way we do with the presidency, the presidency now has, and this was an issue before Kennedy, right? So now post-Kennedy, we actually have a plan of succession, whereas before it was sort of like, oh, I don't know, what do you think we ought to do? Which is a terrible idea. But what, and, and I will forever love Alexander Haig for standing up during Reagan's shooting and saying, I got this. And then, and the reporters in the room all going, oh, okay. And then wait, somebody went later and went, wait. What about, Vice right? President, what about Vice President Bush? <laughs> Is that right? Okay. That doesn't seem right. You know, General Haig, but anyway. okay, you, you are Reagan's chief of staff, okay? Right. You don't, you you know, don't got this, actually. You're not in the line of succession at all. According to, yeah, according to the 25th <laughs> Amendment, okay, right. you're not listed, dude. Right? right. But, I mean, that not being an issue, if he had just appointed his deputy and said, guess what, for the next 10 days – you're the acting head of of the Department of Defense, she would have said, I, and that would have been. And again, that's the reason why the Deputy Secretary of Defense is, is nominated by the president, vetted by the Senate, voted on by the Senate, et cetera, right? Yeah. Because, you know, the assumption is at times – Okay, the Secretary of Defense, just like the Secretary of State or the Secretary of the Treasury or whatever, okay, may be incapacitated. But the question that arose was <laughs> why there doesn't seem to have been some sort of chain of com- which is kind of sort of bizarre. Weird for the Department, Department of Defense. Defense <laughs> but there didn't seem to be a chain of command, okay, to deal with this particular situation. Now, it's been reported by the uh, Department of Defense's primary spokesperson, Major General Patrick Ryder, that Austin wanted to maintain medical privacy. Now, okay, I get that, right? You know, Nia. Right, you know, HIPAA. We've yes. discussed that before. before. The idea that you have privacy in your medical, that's great. You don't have to tell anybody why you're leaving. I, when I put in a leave slip for a sick day, I don't go into detail about what's wrong with me. I put in out sick and my boss says, I'm sorry, I hope you feel better. And that's the end of that. I don't, am not expected. I, a lowly minion librarian, am not expected to tell her what is wrong with me. There is certainly no expectation for, for, um, is it Admiral Austin? I'm sorry, Secretary. Well, no. it's now Secretary Austin because no, that's his was, highest title. I, I think he was in the Army. Yeah. Oh, General. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He was a general. Yeah. <clears throat> but I mean, for Secretary Austin, he could have just said, peace out, people. I'm going away for a medical thing, and I'll see you in five days. He didn't have to tell them what it was. So that I'm not buying what he's selling there. I'm not buying, well, what his, what his spokesman is sell, selling there. I think that what this was was a person who is, nor- is used to pushing through right? Push through the pain, push through the whatever, and I can still make decisions. But what we had was either, and I don't like either one of these choices, either he was not making decisions and other people were making decisions for him, 
while this was going on and no one knew who was making decisions. So there's, there's a lack of accountability there. Or he was making decisions while he was in ICU, which is likely, not always, but likely he was on some sort of pain medication. So well, we, we and know, he, we know for sure he was distracted because he was in the ICU. So well, and, and we know he had to go back to Walter Reed because he was in severe pain. Right. right. So and, Mike, and typically what hospitals do when when you are <laughs> for pain is to give you pain, pain medication. medication. <laughs> right. <laughs> they okay. hardly ever say, well, this is fun. Let's watch you hurt. <laughs> OK, let's watch you suffer. OK, right. But, but, but so, we, gonna, so either uh, either scenario here is un, is is not good. I'm going to push back. I'm going to play devil's advocate. Let's just say, for instance, it is true that the reason why he didn't tell anybody is that he is a very private individual, right? So, okay. for instance, uh, over this past weekend, uh, uh, before we recorded, the New York Times ran a huge article about uh, Secretary Austin being a very private person, okay? And like very many uh, uh, prominent black men in the military, they learned to be private, okay, about their lives, about their medical conditions, et cetera, et cetera, uh, because – they don't want to draw attention to themselves because it increases the likelihood they would be discriminated against. Let's say all that's true. The problem with this is, okay, he agreed to take a position, the Secretary of Defense, where that is good, under a spotlight. Yes, whether good or bad, okay, um, right. you no longer have privacy. Right. Right. It, 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 right. It's much it's and, and I know we probably do this too much on this podcast. But Nia, do you remember this uh, 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 West Wing episode where um, Bartlett hides the fact that for um, uh, most of his first term in office, nobody knew he had MS? Right. OK. Right. And I remember there was a scene where he tells Leo the reason why he never publicly disclosed it was that he didn't want to lose the opportunity to be president. Now, the the very human reason that Bartlett expressed resonated with me, right? You're this close to becoming president of the United States. You don't want that opportunity taken away. But the problem is, okay, we've vest so much into these positions that the public has to know okay who you are what are your you know talents skills and abilities and whether or not you can do the job and if you physically can't do the job we need to know this that's part and parcel of being in a democracy right, right. particularly because we vest so much authority in the secretary of defense Right. Right. I mean, for me, this falls into the category of um, actors and paparazzi. You want to be known. You want your face to be on billboards around the world. You want to win Oscars. You want millions of people to have seen your films, but you don't want anybody to take a picture of you. <laughs> like that's that's not yes. casery yes. now i get that you don't want people to pick, take a picture of you oh i don't know naked in your bathroom doing your business right or whatever where you know you know and you yeah. have the right to that level of privacy but when you go out of your house 
and you go out into the public streets, you can't really be surprised that people are going to take your picture, especially if you're George Clooney, right? Like you're just that well known. And I would think that after a while, you would learn to build that into your lifestyle. There is a certain amount of, well, you did choose to be secretary, like if you yeah. wanted a level of privacy, you could have been in the secretary's council, but not the actual secretary. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I mean, you could have been a senior advisor, but you wanted that job because you thought you would be good at it. And I, as, thus far, he seems to have been fine at it. Like I, I don't think it's a weird thing to. I don't know. It's just weird. It was weird to us, and we wanted to bring it up and mention it to people. Like, wow, that's weird, and to say that it that it does not that the entirety of democracy is built on accountability and transparency yes that, that you cannot have a democracy without that trust us we're acting in your best interest uh if you start any sentence with trust us i'm done right like because i'm gen x and we don't trust anybody <laughs> so like, we're just born cynical so like i don't like the idea i'm i'm put off not because um um secretary austin is in any way not a good person i'm certain he's a very good person right but i'm put off by this idea of i get to decide what what you get to know no not in these kinds of jobs you don't i get to know whatever i want to know right it's yeah. Because, again, we have a system that's predicated on the bureaucracy being given a lot of authority and a lot of discretion to act because we are told they are experts, that they will make sound judgments. Right. But this doesn't look like a sound judgment. judgment, Okay. Yeah. Um, You've called into question for for the rest of us your your decision making ability. Thank okay. you. That's what yeah. I was looking for. I was looking for that kind of phrase. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, because, and again, Nia, to your point, this is the kind of behavior that adds fuel to the fire for those who are already predisposed to distrust the government. Right. Right. This is, th- why didn't he just write, I'm going off for a deep state meeting <laughs> on his, you know, on his website or whatever? Like, okay. Because now it's going to be he was replaced at Walter Reed with a lookalike, and that's not even really him anymore. And you know what I mean? Like, because if you give an inch to the people who are already a little bit outside the normal thinking, they're going to run a mile in that direction. Oh, well, he was actually meeting with lizard people in the center of the earth, and they control the world. And I I mean, it's just going to be. Like, dude, why would you open yourself up to this when all you had to do was say, I'm going to take a temporary leave of absence for a couple weeks. I'll be back when I feel better. There's nothing wrong with taking sick time. Hello, if you're not well, that's why we have sick time in the world. Yes. And there are a lot of jobs where that's they don't have that, and that, that's unfortunate. I feel bad for those people because I'm very lucky yes. that the university says, I bet Nia's going to get sick every once in a while. We should probably just bank up some time for that. Yes. I'm, I'm very lucky to have that kind of job, and he has that kind of job. He has sick time. The government has sick leave. He's, what, a GS 9000 or whatever it is. I don't know what the level well, is. I mean, and, and it's, what it's the GS one, level is for, for secretary, secretary, but it's, got a, it's the yeah, highest, right? right? Of the, sorry, I mean, GS is government service it's the way that it's the way that government employees are ranked you go from gs1 to gs whatever the secretaries are which is 
the high i'm sure or the president yeah. the highest gs level you can be um and that's the reason why you have deputy secretaries right right if, if the Biden administration <laughs> claimed in front of the uh you know some committee in the senate that kathleen hicks okay was qualified to be deputy secretary right then you know this is one of those situations to where she should <laughs> step in and allow her boss, okay, to get the recovery he needs, okay, right. for the surgery and the post-operative -oper infection that he ended up contracting, right? Well, and the reason we have that whole system is because we understand that people are human. Yes. There is a not, not insignificant chance that if Joe Biden caught something terrible like the measles, he would be down for a couple of weeks, and the acting president of the United States would be Kamala Harris. Yes. Which is why you have to think about the entire ticket when you vote. And that's because why we have these kinds of we have these kinds of plans inside plans. Okay, what are we going to do if this person is not permanently incapacitated? We know that people get over the measles, right? Yeah. But we need them to not be doing anything for the next couple of weeks. Okay, well, that's why we have a council and a vice president and speaker of the house and whoever else we need. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And so, what if he had been on the rotation? Just as a side note, what if he'd been on the rotation of people who aren't allowed to leave Washington or right? who aren't allowed to leave Washington because when they all go away together, if there's yeah, an accident, they need one person left behind. They're all, they always leave a secretary behind. Yeah. You know, and it's like, you know, during the state of the union address where you have right. the president, the cabinet officials and both houses of Congress, you set people aside just in case. In case, <laughs> in case they, there's they, a bomb. I mean, right, or whatever. You know, right. something catastrophic happens. Right. Right. Again, you know, Redundancy. Yeah, the, the redundancy here is in place for, for a reason. reason. And not just because, you know, paranoid Homeland Security emergency preparedness planners. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, Which, yeah, you know, you I, know. I don't know. It, it's it, this. So um, to to wrap up, if you're not familiar, there's nothing wrong with with um Secretary Austin becoming ill. There's no. nothing wrong with him going to the hospital and receiving medical treatment. I'm glad he went to Walter Reed as a veteran and he got good treatment at Walter Reed's as far as we know. I'm happy for him about that. What he should have done, done. was hand over the office to someone else's acting. And then when he got better, taking it back. Yeah. Like nobody thinks that if they hand over an office, it's they're not going to be able to get it back, especially if they hand it over publicly then the person's kind of obligated to give it back, right? Like, it, yeah. I don't know. It's not not done well. We are crabby yeah. because it was not done well, and we would like to see more transparency, not less. Yes. Um, I, I just – this is the kind of silly um, mistake that just drives me nuts. Right. That when, what do they call this? An unforced error? error yeah, in sports, is, isn't that is, what they call it? Yeah, this is an unforced when you, error. When you turn around and run to, towards your own – Yes, right. Goalposts or whatever. <laughs> yeah, as somebody who's participated in team sports, okay, for years and is who coach and has coached them, okay, you know, making an error because you're not physically as good as your opponent—that's one thing. But when you make a silly, unforced error, okay, 
this drives your teammates nuts. This drives your coaches nuts. And it just drives people who, I mean, again, listeners, you know, for for our long-term listeners, you know, me and I are generally supportive of the government. You know, we, 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 yeah, but this was a goob move. Okay. We want the government. We want the government to, to succeed right? so that when there, <laughs> when there's an unforced error, you're just like, oh, man, man really, guys? Really? <laughs> okay. Come on. We're out here telling people y'all are working hard and y'all are just working stupid. <laughs> and, on, and on that uh, uh, silly note, um, uh, thanks, Nia. Thank you, Augie. You've been listening to Civil Discourse, brought to you by VCU Libraries. Opinions expressed are solely the speaker's own and do not reflect the views or opinions of VCU or VCU Libraries. Special thanks to the Workshop for Technical Assistance. Music by Isaac Hobson. Find more information at guides.library.vcu.edu discourse. As always, no documents were harmed in the making of this podcast.